0: Welcome to the Kick Ass Dad Podcast. All right, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Um, So, welcome to this episode of the Kick Ass Dad Talks Tactics. Uh, Here's an interview that uh, Kuya Ricky did with me uh, for the PFS Global Partnership in which he interviews me on ways to market your martial art business. And um, so, yeah, I want to just share this with you, and uh, hopefully you find it insightful. Remember to like and subscribe. Hit the notification bell and share this with uh, your friends, family, or anybody you think would be interested. And, uh, yeah, tune in for the next episode, and I hope you find this enjoyable.
1: But what I I want to get in the habit of is, uh, you know, thanking everybody for joining us. And welcome them to the CJKD partnership, in which, uh, which for the purpose of helping one another. All right. Now, last week we had Dax. Dax uh, was able to provide us with some great information on how he marketed his DVD, just kind of through uh, doing some advertising videos, and then also posting on some uh, Facebook pages. And then the fact that he actually created a DVD. He actually sells the DVD. It's forty bucks, but he sells it to us at a discount at thirty-five. And he just put down hours and hours of hours of information being able to do that. So you can kind of tell by some of the content he was providing us that it was pretty well detailed. And even if some of us feel like, hey, we can do that, you know what, I, it, it sometimes is a matter of how do you teach it. I always tell people when it comes to JKD, we all teach the same thing. It's just that we kind of explain it the way that we best know it. So one guy may go to this instructor, learn the same thing, but he's going to learn how he delivers or transfers that information. And it could be quite different, even though it's the same information. And uh, so I want to thank you, Jeremiah, for being my second guinea pig. Um, I, my goal was to try to get this hooked up before uh, a minute in 40 minutes because that was what I had. And you know what? It was over three minutes. No problem, man. Breaking <laughs> records. Know, we're breaking records. We're breaking records, man. So, um, But I will get better, I promise you. Next week, I do have Jason. He's jumping on, which is great. And I want to be able to get through all of the instructors, no matter what level we're at. So if you have a product or a service or you want to tell us something about you know, your success and how we can kind of emulate that and get some information so we can get better, or if you just started out and you're like, hey, what what do I need to do? I became a member. What's next? And then we will help you out because there'll be always somebody uh, who'll be able to benefit from this. And we're kind of growing uh, the number of people who view this specifically just for the eyes of the PFS instructor. All right. Now, hey, Jeremy, Jeremy man, I appreciate you uh, being patient and, and diligent and trying to get us connected. So um, uh, please, yeah, no problem. you know, tell us a little about yourself, you know, name, location and stuff like that and what you've been doing.
0: Uh, well, hi, uh, I'm Jeremiah Gill. I'm, uh, located in San Diego. Um, I've been doing martial arts since, well, officially since like 94, 95. Um, I grew up in North County, San Diego, Oceanside, uh, back gate of Camp Pendleton, um, inner city there, you know, a lot of inner city violence and stuff. Growing up, I experienced a lot of, uh, Fights. Um, I mean, to be honest, in kindergarten, I had been in three fights already. Um,
1: yeah, so I, I, I grew up in my... Oceanside myself.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, which part?
1: Yeah. Um, I was over by uh, you know Canyon. So I went to Mission, you know, and uh, you, I know you're talking about Deep Valley. I don't know if they still call it. Deep yeah, Valley.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in Deep Valley. Yeah. That's well. I yeah. started out. I was on Garfield Street, and then I was in Deep Valley. So I went from one to the other.
1: But yeah, yeah. back. You know, back uh, in those days we associated the territory based off gang areas. So yeah. it was like, oh, this is, <laughs> wasn't like, a, yeah. you know, it was funny. Yeah, was, I, lived, exactly. I lived
0: in the D Valley Crip area, and right. I had to walk through the Mesa Locos, and I would constantly get chased. And I somebody tried to mug me once, uh, yeah. you know, I pulled a gun on me. I had like $360 in cash, brand-new Nikes on. Oh, I was wow. training in Taekwondo at the time, and, yeah. uh, you know, one of the things the instructor was talking about was um, – you know, uh, your presence, confidence, you know, verbal de-escalation and stuff. I ended up walking away with my, um, with $360 pocket and my brand new Nikes on. Um, cause I was just like, hey, I don't have anything for you. Uh, they kept saying, give me your money. I was like, I don't have anything for you. And they started to walk off and they were talking amongst themselves cause it was a guy and his two friends. And I started to make a beeline for the hill. This is up by Libby Lake and you know mm-hmm. i got up near the fence they started coming at me after me i jumped over the fence and i was i was hussein bolt out of there man i was running yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah yeah that's the environment i grew up in um felt like school was kind of prison yard rules anytime there's a new kid on campus they're like who's the biggest guy on, on the grounds let's let's start something so yeah. um i didn't always yeah. want to fight i really didn't want to but um my my father said you know if a bully pushes you push him back. If he pushes you again, hit him in the nose. He was like, you know, if you start a fight, you're in trouble. If you don't, then, you know, finish the fight. So I guess that's kind of the attitude I had. Um, It was unfortunate. It's not really, you know, I never was like, hey, let's fight. But, you know, by the time I was middle school, people were like, hey, he's a brawler. You know, he wins more than he loses kind of thing. So that was kind of my reputation. And then I started training in martial arts. well, even before I got into martial arts, I had picked up Bruce Lee's, um, the Tao of Jeet and his four books, the Bruce Lee's fighting method. Cause at the time there were four different colored books, the blue, yellow, and uh, on each, you know, of the four different um, aspects he was dealing with in the, uh, his fighting method. And um, I got some training equipment, heavy bag, a speed bag. And I started training on my own um, just trying to perfect, you know, my, my, um, I guess my self-defense, build confidence. Um, and then I come from, my family's from Des Moines, from Iowa. So it's like big in wrestling and stuff. So I got into wrestling in high school. So that was that was like my official first martial art, I guess, if you want to say. I mean, it's not like a combat sport. Um, I guess we go back to pancreation, the original wrestling, and it is more combat. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, after a while of wrestling, I kind of got disillusioned with it because I had so much fight experience. It's like I'm putting somebody on the back. There's no hitting, no punching. This, this doesn't, it doesn't translate to me as well. So uh, I started training in Taekwondo um, and then I started doing Aikido and Eskrima because uh, they called it Eskrima at the time. Now everybody calls it Kali. Um, And, you know, in high school, I was like the vice president of the martial arts club. So that was kind of, you know, I went from being a brawler to they started calling me Ninja Boy. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: But, um, yeah, and then that was, that was because I graduated in 94. So it was right in that juxtaposition, that period where MMA and the UFC started becoming popular. Um, I had started training in Muay Thai for a little bit. And this this school they did was called trap fighting. It was an offshoot of shoot fighting, um, mm-hmm. but like that wasn't my first foray into like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Actually, Master Pat Burleson, he used to do, um, I guess, uh, Vale Tudo fights in Europe, and it was open hand fights, but they didn't do closed fists. So there was a lot of slapping and grappling and clinch. So he he came to our school and he was teaching us, you know, the guard, the mount, you know, kimura. Um, Hold on. I'm gonna have to change up. I need to get plugged. Holy crap. Cause I switched from my computer to my phone when things weren't exactly going, uh, as planned. Yeah. Don't worry. I
1: mean, you know, I hope that when people watch this, they look at this and say, I could do that. <laughs> I, mean, I could do better than that. <laughs> you know? right. And just, and start doing it, you know, and, uh, we can learn from one another. That's the thing. Yeah. So, you know,
0: so yeah, I had everything set up to do on my computer. I switched to my phone because I didn't know what was going on. And my phone's like 15%. Yeah. Let me plug this uh, thing in here.
1: Yeah. I know we were supposed <laughs> to do, uh, we were trying to set up right to 10 yeah. o'clock. Yeah. And
0: uh, yeah, sorry about that. You. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, I'm back on. Um, mm-hmm. I'm like 15%. Well, I mean, how'd you get
1: involved? How'd you get involved with PFS?
0: Um, well, I mean, that was kind of a, like I was, I guess my journey, how I got there, kind of my journey is kind of, I think kind of informs why I got there and why I like PFS. Yeah, right now, you know, Sifu Paul Voonak like my main Jeet Kune Do instructor. Uh, you know, I've, I I try to train with Guru Dan Insano as regularly as I can, uh, Guru Burton Richardson. Um, I really like the camp of fighters who came out who trained with Sifu Larry Hartzell, um, you know, Paul Vunek, Burton Richardson, Any of the guys who, you know, functionalize the martial arts, add the grappling. Um, And I mean, just based on my prior experience, having, you know, oodles of a, you know, fight experience, anybody who's had fight experience really translates to me. So if it's not combat based, progressive resistance, you know, um, it just doesn't translate. So, I mean. just because of my own experience, I guess. Um, because of all the various martial arts that I trained in, you know, um, I mean, there was a couple of seminal experiences. I had done a midnight fight thing where it was this, it was kind of like a bar fight, but it was like a mixed martial art thing. And um, we had a couple different matches. One of the matches I was in, I got a guy in the rear naked choke and I was choking him out. Because this is unregulated and it's not like professional. His it's friend un- unsanctioned. stopped me on, unsanctioned. He stomped me on the throat while I got his friend on the ground in the guard. So this kind of woke me up from the whole idea of kickboxing and grappling is the only kind of way to go because I had kind of moved in that direction. Um, and so at that point, you know, I started training in Krav Maga more because they, they were at the time, you know, it was the only thing I had accessible and they were doing multiple opponents and weapons and stuff. So I did a lot of training in Krav Maga, uh, a lot of different environment training, buses, airplanes, home invasion, carjacking, hostage, all that kind of stuff, um, which I feel, you know, added to like the stuff that I know and just my desire to understand combat as it is. Um but, I mean, one of the things I dealt with as a frustration in Krav Maga is a lot of it's training against fixed movements and not progressive resistance. So they, they stick their hand out and let you play with it as opposed to somebody's fighting back. Um, so, yeah, how I ended up going towards PFS is I was looking towards, you know, um, I had seen some stuff about Paul Vunak. Um, there was an instructor who was a senior full instructor under Paul Vunak, uh, Sharan Musavi in Phoenix, And I started training with him. He taught, you know, PFS, um, Jeet Kune Do, um, Kali, and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So it was a good blend of of all those. Um, And so I was training with him, you know, for a bit. At the same time, I was training Gracie Combatives. I was teaching Krav Maga. um, And that was really my first foray into, you know, lineage under Paul Vunek. I specifically came under Paul Vunek when I moved back to California, in uh, 2016, I started looking for, you know, martial art instructors in Jeet Kune Do to train with out here. Um, I was helping out at a school up here that did in Jeet Kune Do. Um, But yeah, I connected with Paul Boonek and was able to train with him because he's not too far away in Oceanside since I'm up here in San Diego. Um, you know, I've been going through his uh, training camps, his certifications. I've been training with him pretty regularly. Uh, you know, now I get to go down and assist him when he's teaching and stuff. So yeah, it's good to be close and get that, um, quite frequent training and contact with him, which I really appreciate. Um, you know, I admire him as a, as a person, as a fighter, as somebody who one has had the experience, but has also translated that to helping develop the, you know, rapid assault tactic program for SEAL Team 6 and just all the stuff that he's done. It seems like it, it translates, um and it really influences a lot of what I do. So, I, I mean, I really appreciate, you know, everything he's passed down to me. Um, and I guess that's how I've come into PFS and I, and PFS, I, you know, I like it cause there's a brotherhood. There's more of a groundedness. Um, and everybody's just kind of like more family oriented where, you know, some, some, some organizations are more business, more professional, more standoffish. Um, I, I like that. There's the, the, um, it just seems more like a a brotherhood, really.
1: Absolutely. You know, and, and you know, me and you, uh, we both have the advantage because we're both located here in San Diego. But that's not to say that Paul's not available to everybody else. All you got to do is pick up the phone, you know, he'll call you back. And I mean, I've done that before. I've just, you know, I, I don't, every time I have a question, I don't drive down the ocean side and ask him the question. I just pick up the phone, ask him. The other thing is, is that being able to connect with other instructors in the area, uh, we learn from each other. And that way, when we get to the annual gathering, uh, we can work with together, we can maybe, you know, we can, we can go back to our various states and have those different unions, and maybe do some joint uh, ventures together. And so that's why this stuff works. You know, and we're we're global. We got guys from you know Germany, Spain, uh, Spain, Korea, everywhere. And so, hey, tell me a little bit about your your current goals.
0: Uh, my current goals, to, well, I guess you know, when it comes to like martial arts, really to um, to expand my my training group, uh, pull in some more consistent guys. Um, like I mean, you know, because COVID hit everybody. You there's some guys who are consistent that fell away. It's starting to pick up again. Um, you know, the training model that, you know, Paul does that, that I've been emulating as well, training in parks, you know, garages, backyards, you know, it's really conducive. One, because it's outdoor training uh, to this time during COVID. And it, it's conducive to being fluid where you don't have overhead of paying, you know, rent and, you know, utilities and all that kind of stuff that comes with owning an actual brick and mortar location. And living in San Diego, you live in great weather where all year round you can train. I mean, they think it was like maybe one or two days that I've had to reschedule because of like rain or something. But most of the time, I mean, we can train all year round in you know board shorts and t-shirts and we're good to go. So, um, you know, my main goal is really to build a you know a bigger uh, training group and. Um, get a lot more guys ranked up under, you know, you know, under me and, and have a lot more guys who, uh, you know, make their way closer to intermediate, advanced and, and instructor levels.
1: Well, tell me what is your current, um, uh, are, are you, you said you're using Paul's format. And for the people that are not familiar with Paul's format, what it basically is, it's, it's working on Saturday, Sunday. You start from 8 in the morning to 12 in the afternoon. And you have four guys per hour so that means that at eight o'clock you have four guys nine o'clock another four guys so on saturday you're doing basically 16 people and on sunday you're doing 16 people a total of 32 people and that's the that's the general format uh, for the people who are unfamiliar with that what what are you doing
0: so thank you for that clarification um so yeah, I offer that as my basic is, um, you know, I try to pack in four guys for training session, you know, 25 per session, 100 per month. Um, but uh, I offer also training twice a week, three times a week. So, uh, you know, because I have a family and kids, I'm concerned about generating consistent income. You know, I have people who fly in for IPTPs and um, you know, people who I train, you know, in, in the rapid assault tactics or, you know, when they want to learn self-defense and they want to get quick and good at this stuff, you know, we'll go through all that. Um, but as a father with children, I also need to have consistent ongoing income. And when you can have a guy who wants to train twice a week or three times a week, you've just doubled or tripled your income on one person. So with three people training three times a week, that's 900 If you have two people training twice a week, that's 400 Um, you know, if I just had that person training once a week, that's a hundred. And, you know, um, so I I do the same thing. I I follow the same process, you know, the, the use of stick knife, empty hand, grappling, flowing through ranges that following the same kind of training, contemporary Jeet Kune Do training, uh, process. Um, I just offer more training and, um, of course I charge more. So it ends up being more financially beneficial, I know I had mentioned this to you, I had a, a parent who came to me and wanted their child to train five days a week. And uh, cause he was going off to um, a private school in France and they, they wanted me to train him. And they wanted me to train him in full you know, martial arts because you know, like an adult and he was like 12, 13. And I, I ended up getting $500 a month just to train this kid five days a week. Um, and I mean, it's an hour commitment, five days. I mean, it's not that big of a thing. Um, you know, I understand. You know, if you got a, a day job and your nights are packed, weekends—if you can Saturday and Sunday—if that's when you're training, that's that's good. Um, and if you can make good money on that, that's good as well. Um, I'm just trying to expand my ability to, you know, because I have a lot. Of, you know, I have a lot of hobbyists come. I have people they they want to train long term. Um, they're like, okay, we learned this. You know, this this feels good. I like this, but what's there? What what's more to it? And, you know, Paul was talking about that you have the self-preservation and then the self-perfection, right? Mm So, you know, a lot of people come for self-preservation, but then the ones that I've been getting a lot of are the ones who want to do the self-perfection, the ones who want to train long-term. So providing the training so that they can train long-term, I mean, that's stable income for myself. That's kind of where I'm kind of moving and what's helping me. Um, And, you know, if I can make 300 off of one person over 100 off one person. I find that, you know, a, three hours a week for 300, I mean, it's uh, not that hard for me.
1: Well, how do you get those customers?
0: Um, well, I mean, it's having a, a solid web presence. I mean, you have to have a website, you have to have your social media presence. You need to be listed on the all the search engines. You need to make sure that you're listed on all related industry websites. Um, and then make relevant social media content. Use your video, you know, creating memes, doing whatever you can to engage blog post website, you know, all that stuff. It's important. Um, you know, I get a lot of traffic from Google and Yelp. Um, you know, when I post videos on Instagram or YouTube, I'll get an uptick in calls, you know, people asking questions and wanting to come try out. So um, make sure so you web you're presence.
1: Using, so if you don't mind, you're you're using your platforms, the social media platforms you're using is, is YouTube and Instagram
0: and Facebook
1: and Facebook. Which one do you get the, the most uh, conversions?
0: Um, I think Facebook is where people because Facebook provides an opportunity to provide more information about what you do. Instagram, mm-hmm. they get a video and they may go to a website or they may call um, or they may go look you up on, on Google. Um, Instagram tends to drive them to look for more information. So I've got a couple leads from Instagram. Um, Mm -hmm. but I get a lot more people asking about programs and services, how many days a week, um, all that kind of stuff. And when people call me, you know, I ask them, you know, what are your goals? Why are you, you know, why are you calling me uh, to train? You know, what's motivating you? Is it self-defense? And then they ask how much it is. I always go, well, how many days a week do you want to train? Um, so I'm, you know, I offer up front, you know, an opportunity to, to pick your services and pick the amount, um, and that, you know, empowering people, you know, makes them feel more empowered, their choices. And, you know, most people, you know, everybody I've talked to has no problem with the price points. Um, you know, I guess there's, I guess there's one guy I had a while ago. He was like, ah, I'm struggling financially. Can you work with me? But, um, for the most part, I mean, San Diego is a pretty good, you know, when you look at the disposable income for um physical fitness exercise that kind of stuff people usually have upwards of around a hundred thousand dollars where they can you know play around and that's why people a lot of times here you see those fitness gyms where there's a lot of people packed into them you know running mm-hmm. the hamster wheel and doing all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so i mean it's but you know i, I have to say that G Condo, i mean when you look at the statistics and I'm not speaking about how we feel about our art, how we know our art is good and effective. But when you look at industry statistics coming out of the Martial Art Industry Association and others, you know, people are looking for Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, Muay Thai, you know, MMA. They look for, you know, the traditional martial arts. And, and it's, it's sad to say that the, that within what people look for, Jeet Do is really low on the totem pole. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, when you present the art, I mean, I think it's good that, you know, uh, Sifa Paul is like, you know, make sure that we're focusing on, you know, BJJ and the Muay Thai and, you know, that we're filthy MMA and stuff that, you know, we need to package ourselves in a way that we're marketing to what people want. Um, because we do have an effective art, an art that spurred on a lot of these others that are popular today. Um, and even today still influences a lot of them. So, um it's a matter of presentation, packaging, and, and the way you communicate what you're doing really is how I feel about it.
1: Jeremiah, so give me an example. How do you do that? You, are, you're, are you using Facebook uh, ads or you're just posting things on a uh, Facebook uh, on, on your, you know, give me a little example of what are you doing exactly with Facebook and then how are you making that distinction? If everybody's looking for... MMA Brazilian jiu-jitsu and a lot, most people don't even know what jkd is. They know they know who bruce lee is. But yeah. if you ask them, hey, do you you know, do you know what Jeet Kune Do is? They they really don't. You know, they know taekwondo, yeah. karate, judo, but so is there anything specific that you can you give me an example?
0: Well, I mean, one thing I you know, I always try to point out uh, the authentic lineage from bruce lee's Jeet Kune Do and, and the authentic training methods of, of bruce lee's Jeet Kune Do that I'm uh, passing on just like Sifu says, you know, Bruce Lee's, you know, contemporary you can do. Um, so the specific methods, I mean, yeah, I post to Facebook and you know, all that. Um, I pay for Google ads, Yelp ads, Facebook ads, um, and you want to do targeted ads. Um, you know, if you do general ads, you're going to get, pay more for less returns. So the more you target it, the better. Um, but yeah, if you have a targeted focus, kind of what you're going to do, um, You know, one other way, if you have consistent classes going on is, you know, meetup is another way to promote your classes. And you can even have people pay for classes before showing up. Um,
1: (laughs) Jeremiah, would you mind uh, explaining a little bit what meetup is for the people who are unfamiliar with it?
0: Meetup is kind of a, a social site for finding local events. I mean, for all kind of interest it's very... It's pretty popular. There's quite a pe- quite a few people who use meetup, whether it's finding uh health and fitness, social activities, it's just a way to meet with other people doing things. Um and I mean I don't know how better to explain it than that. But then basically yeah. it's a platform for I mean if you're looking for people to meet up and do any almost any kind of activity, really. There's I mean it's from, you know, uh, agnostic atheist meeting to spiritual people meeting for different religious activities to health and fitness, movies, comics, writers. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of interesting stuff in there, but um right. it's a good place for and, and I've seen some pretty good returns on people showing up for martial arts, self-defense. Um, if you if you market a, a self-defense thing for women or just self-defense in ge- general, you will find hobbyists in there looking for Jeet Do or Kali who have a hard time finding it because, you know, one thing that a, a lot of people, you know, I'm the number one person who will come up for Lot or Kali or Jeet Do And like I'm looking for this stuff and I can't find it, um, but I found you. So the important thing is you, you're there and you're teaching. But you got to get your stuff to the market so people can find you. And then you do need to work on, you know, Google rank prioritization, um, you know, doing stuff to make sure that you're getting noticed. Um, And I guess I have experience with this because I used to be involved with, you know, blogging and marketing for music and speaking at social media events. So I kind of have a good understanding of how to market a project, get stuff into magazines, websites, how to get stuff out there. Um, And I and I apply that to what I do. I've helped out some other martial art instructors from time to time Um, And I guess I'm available for consulting if people want to Um, but yeah
1: Nice sweet. Hey, so uh, do you have any last thoughts? Is there anything you want to cover? We haven't covered yet
0: Um so, you know, one of the things that I've been really focusing on and doing a lot more of is, um, you know, one of the ranges that, that's in, you know, Dan asano 's lineage is projectile weapons. Um, and, and, a, and I see a lot of impact weapons, edge weapons, empty hand grappling, mass attack, but um, not a lot of people dealing with guns. And now when we have active shooters, people, mass casualty events and all this stuff. I've made it a priority. One, from the Krav Maga experience that I've done, but also with some training that I've done with Burton Richardson on, you know, BJJ for the street. Um, The prioritization of, I include, you know, stick knife, empty hand grappling and gun uh, in all my training sessions. Um, Just because it's a reality and, and it's not done like Krav Maga, where people are just holding the weapon for you. It's with resistance. It's with a person fighting back. And a lot of the stuff I do is in line with what law enforcement is doing right now. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, it's very practical. It's very simple and direct. Um, it doesn't have a lot of the fancy stuff. It's what works as opposed to what looks good. So, I mean, that's one of the big things that I'm adding, you know, to, to the foray right now, as far as Jeet do, you know, the thing I, I influence or emphasize with my students is the process of Jeet um, you know, Bruce Lee said, "Research your own experience." Um, you know, um, huh. I just lost it. Okay, so research your own experience. Uh, do you remember that discard. statement? Because I'm, I'm a, yeah, yeah, basically, well, you
1: know, and, you do your research, you discard, you take what is yours, discard yeah, with, take what's, what's your useful dis- or oh, what's not useful, <laughs> you know, and you reevaluate. You know, and that's Okay, I normally don't draw a blank,
0: but yeah, I draw, I drew yeah. a blank right now, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, what? Okay. But yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah Sad moment. Hey, Sad moment. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> hey, when, you, when you, you were saying something about, hey, you, you always do the stick, knife, empty hand, gun. Do you put that on your, your uh, advertisements? Are, are you yes. that specific? Okay.
0: Yes. And I always tell people, we, we do stick, knife, empty hand, grappling gun, mass attack. Uh, and the other thing, we, to, to to go back on something we were saying, you know, when people call in, I'm always, you know, I'm always, you know, important to let people know, you know, I'm teaching them, um, you know, yeah, we learned the elements of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, you know, stuff. But we always include mass attack and multiple opponents, which changes the reality. You know, when you're, when you're fighting for sport, MMA, you're in a ring and you're fighting with padded hands, you got marshmallows on your hand, you're punching each other. You know, that's, your your fight's going to last a lot longer than a street fight, which lasts from 13 seconds to a minute and 17 seconds. You know, it's a lot harder to last, you know, 18 rounds or 12 rounds or five rounds or however many rounds you're going if you don't have pads on your hand. Getting punched with bare fist, dealing with stick knives, when you have to worry about, you know, somebody stomping on you while you're, you know, attacking another, or defending and, and attacking a person who attacked you or you know, it, it changes the way you fight. Um, so I, I always try to make that clear that, you know, it's self-defense oriented, it's, you know, scientific self-defense for the street. Um, but we do incorporate a lot of the other martial arts that you find in the ring, but we train it for a self-defense situation. So I try to connect dots for them. And then give them a choice. Like, hey, if you want to train for that, you know, there's schools for that. If you're really looking for something self defense that's going to incorporate a lot of things that happen in the way that they'll happen, or at least the unorganized way that it'll happen, we'll prepare you for that.
1: Sweet. Hey, man, the last question I have have before we go. Before we go. uh, um, it's probably the most important, the most and I'm important doing actually a survey. Actual, so when I get through, so all, these I get through all these instructors, I'm going to figure out figure what out. is the what number is, one the number Bruce Lee movie. Lee so, movie. so tell me, what tell is your me. favorite what Bruce is is your your Lee favorite movie?
0: Bruce Lee in God. Hmm? <laughs> I've never, I've never <laughs> seen that. It's a one. Japanese movie, it's a Japanese movie yeah. and it's a, it's it's a docudrama about the game of death. Um and I like it because they took the original footage from Game of Death. Now it's a docudrama because they have drama where they put some actors doing parts of the story. They also have documentary points points where Dan Inasano and others involved talk. Um, but then they also show the footage from Game of Death and it's called Bruce Lee in N- G G dot O dot D dot. Um Well I mean, honestly, you know, Game of Death the One of the best, um, you know, explorations of Jeet Kune Do, the philosophy, you have weapons, you have grappling, you know, and, and that's the thing that I, that I think was really good in that, you know, of course, the, the fight at the end of Return of the Dragon where Bruce Lee's fighting Chuck Norris, um, you know, there's some other pretty epic fights where they have grappling and they have, you know, things that happen in a real fight, like when he's fighting Chuck Norris, he grabs his hair and he rips his hair off his chest, you know. Um, yeah. Some of that fight realism, um, it was interesting because if you look at Bruce Lee, he really was a pioneer of Chinese cinema, but he was an Asian, uh, you know, superstar who really brought a positive image of Asians and film to America. So, I mean, like, you know, Bruce Lee and God is the Japanese taking a look at it and saying, you know, this is how we, you know, pull on that whole mythology of Bruce Lee and how it's a positive influence on us. Um you know, breaking down stereotypes and stuff. So, yeah, I think that was interesting. Uh, It was at least an interesting take on – because the Game of Death, man, the way they put that thing together and all the stuff they added, was like, man, y'all butchered it.
1: Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't. Uh, it, wasn't uh, it wasn't. All they did was, was all they take, did the take the fight scenes. fight scenes. Well, that's interesting, yeah, that's interesting Because, because Dax, he, Dax, his favorite he movie, was, his favorite favorite movie was The Game he had of Death. Get a lot of reasons explain that. 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 Yours, yours was, the game, was the game of Death. and uh and it was a uh, uh, Bruce uh, Lee and God, which is which is kind of a branch from The Game of Death. The Game of Death, and so and so clearly that's clearly that's a very popular, very popular film. Even though, even though it is what it ended it, up being. Not be unfinished, unfinished, not unfinished.
0: Yeah. yeah, well, he had filmed 100 minutes of footage, um, but a bunch of that had gotten lost, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hey, well, you know, hey, that's well, the time. You know, that's I want to thank everybody thank who's been viewing the video. Viewing I want to thank, you, thank personally, you personally, Jeremiah, for uh, sharing uh, share your, information with information us and spending time, spend because the I know time. you're busy. But I know and, you're busy. Um, if, you guys, and, uh, if you guys have any other questions, feel free to reach out to, we'll reach out to Jeremiah. We're all one family, all one family. And, and I know that there's know probably that more details, details that he can help, he us, can out help us out with. So feel free, 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 to, do feel free, free to do that. And, uh, and it was a pleasure, uh, was speaking, a pleasure to speaking to you. Speaking and we got to get together because we we're homeboys. We're home- I did not know that we're actually from Oceanside. You know, we used to call it O-Side. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where
0: where where uh, Sifu is right now? I literally grew up on both sides of the hill. I used to live on yeah. one side, yeah. then I moved to the other side when my dad yeah. was had an yeah. off off base uh, allowance. But yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey.